I will see you all right here for the show tomorrow night. And I will also see you at 2022 when the Cleveland Browns win the Super Bowl. And I'm out. Oh, how about that, folks? How about that, Machine Gun Kelly? Call it Super Bowl for the Browns. I'm Andy McNamara, alongside Matt Florjancic. This is the Doghouse, and you're listening on SB Nation's Dogs by Nature. Boy, Matt, the draft was done. It's over in Cleveland. And you know what? We had the Macho Fan yeah, steal the show. You had Machine Gun Kelly just dropping truth bombs on everybody. Oh, that was that was a heck of a draft. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there, man. It was it was fun to see Cleveland in the spotlight. It was a little bit different than what we would have all hoped uh, with the situation being what it is, but I think Cleveland still put on a hell of a show. Oh, I wish I was there, but it looked like the um, the fans, like they said, going into day three, I think Roger Goodell said it was like 90,000 people, and you know it looked like everything was, was safe, everyone having a good time. I just love that macho fan on the... <laughs> I know he's been a staple at Browns games for years, but boy, he really stepped up his game. That was phenomenal. Uh, I got to ask you this though, Matt, you know how they had like Roger Goodell's like chair from his house, like on stage. Yeah. Like, how fast do you think Roger Goodell burned that into ashes after that is not getting anywhere near the Goodell mansion going forward. That must've just been nuked out of existence with all the, all the peasant clothing that was sitting on on Goodell's chair. Oh, no question. That That's not making the return no. trip. I'll tell you that right damn now. That's no. not making the return trip. And when you're a guy who makes $50 million a year for just basically doing like three press conferences, uh-huh. uh, yeah, uh, you can afford to buy a new chair. It looked comfy. It probably, looked comfy. Truthfully, though, it probably will end up in like the Hall of Fame or something. Truthfully, though, Andy, I, I think that the chair is destined to go to the Hall of Fame. If it didn't... Uh, hmm get destroyed uh out of protocol it will probably end up in canton to show the uniqueness of the draft that's that's a good point that's a good point i think that i think you might be right there uh but matt for all things hey you had your boots on the ground there man you were you know into in town um everything i saw on social media just looked like it was it was a blast obviously not to the the open level where Everybody could have gone, but uh, for all things considered, it seemed like a, a success for the city of Cleveland. I hope when uh, for restaurants and everything, it, it turned out financially a success as well. Yeah, hopefully it's a nice windfall for them. Uh, it's been a rough year, rough 14 months especially. Um, and, and I don't think that's any secret, and I don't think that's just you know limited to Cleveland. That's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's It's been a long, hard road to get where we're at from the start of this pandemic till now and to have something to cheer about something that we could gather at safely and hopefully help drive the economy uh, uh, in a positive direction for the first time in a long time it's it's all good um i wasn't necessarily a proponent of it uh because there's still a lot of risk involved but there was a lot of risk mitigation along the way that hopefully kept everybody safe yeah. and hopefully they contributed to the local economy, which has been taking a big hit. 
I hope so. Uh, get us on Twitter. What did you think of the Cleveland Browns draft? At AndyMC81, at Matt Florjancic on Instagram, too, at AndyMC Sports, at Matt Flo Sports. Shout out as well to listeners of the show and good friends, Cleveland family, Kelly and Donnie Colvin. Their daughter, Danielle, gave birth to a beautiful, healthy baby girl, Raylin, uh, on Saturday, I believe. Seven pounds, 12 ounces, and everybody's doing great. So welcome, uh, and hopefully she will be a Cleveland Browns fan. So welcome and glad everybody's happy and healthy. And Donnie and Kelly, we love you as always. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic news. Congratulations to them and their family. And adding another another person as a dog pound, never a bad thing. That's right. Okay, Matt, let's get to this draft. And I got to say, I know we got the Homer glasses on. We're called the doghouse, for goodness sake. But this was an A draft. Andrew Barry, whose wife, by the way, also gave birth on draft day. Dude was by this by at the birth and then went on to a heck of a three-day performance. The value, the pickups, the talent, the filling for need. Um, Matt, I just honestly can't really find anything wrong with this draft. Just big picture. And we'll go, we'll zing through uh each pick here, but um just overall. I, I I thought everything was addressed. I just I, I can't find anything wrong with this draft. Yeah, it was it was a really great draft for a lot of reasons. And when we did that mock mm-hmm. last week, I had them take in uh, Owusu Kora Koromoa in the first round, and you had them taking Newsom. Yeah. and you were <laughs> right for the number that he was taken at, but we were both right in the fact yeah. that they got them both and they did. And it was unbelievable that they did. Um, oh, yeah. I, I'm still surprised that they were able to get the, the, who I considered to be the best linebacker in the draft. So super excited about those first two picks. They definitely addressed areas of need. Uh, our cornerback depth was stretched well beyond what it should be mm-hmm. uh, last year. And linebackers were not making plays uh, consistently enough. Now, Taki, Taki showed flashes, but you've got to show more than just flashes when you're given an extended run with the starters. And he just never really caught on quite like we were hoping he would. So they had to address that as well. And I think they did. And I think they got two of the best guys at their position when they drafted Newsom and, and Owusu Koromora. That's right. Koromoa. And, and they, they stayed for uh, for Newsom smack dab at, at 26. And you look at the type of player they got with the other corners. All these, there was a lot of tall corners and it was a very deep draft class. And Newsom, by all accounts, Matt, in the draft reports, fast can mere receivers can hang. He's aggressive. Um, now he did miss three games, I believe in each season, which doesn't, you know, with the injury history of this, this uh, secondary doesn't fill you necessarily with confidence, but that's a playmaker. His head coach in college said, you're getting, I think they said you're getting Superman uh, as a cornerback, which is fine by me. This guy, when you watch his, his game tape is all over the place. And that's somebody, Matt, where, uh, you know, if if he comes in, learns the playbook, and by all accounts, he seems super motivated and positive in the press conference. I loved it. Um, this is a guy who could start day one opposite Denzel Ward in my book. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I applaud Greedy for reaching out to him and welcoming to the team. 
uh, Greg Newsom, but I would caution him that that was your warning shot and you are on notice that the Browns are looking to move on. Yep. If they cannot consistently rely on you, you will, you will be moved on from. Right. And, and for, as we know, you need four good corners and the health standpoint, and especially in Joe Woods is four two five, where really that secondary has that extra man. You need good bodies. So there's going to be potential in place for everybody. And that just adds more motivation. Now you talk about Jeremiah Owusu-Koromawa out of Notre Dame and Matt, this guy, first round talent all over the place. I, here's my thought. I think he may have fallen because he can play linebacker. He can play in the box safety. He can even play a bit of nickel corner. So I wonder if maybe on people's boards, he got not lost, but maybe just not shuffled around appropriately under the designated uh, linebacker spot because he could play different areas. You know, six, one and a half, maybe a little small for a traditional linebacker, but that's fine with me, man. We got a, a bulldog. Like this is a rabid bulldog who can go sideline to sideline coverage. He can tackle. And you talk about aggressive. That's sort of the theme of this. Aggressive is uh, the uh, jock, J-O-K. Yeah, and we got a motivated guy oh, yeah. uh, as well because he was, I think, I, I saw projections as high as 15. Mm-hmm. I had him, I think, going the 15th 20. most talented player in the draft. Yeah. And think about that. You got a guy who was slated between 15 and 20-something, and you got him at 52. It's phenomenal. And he's not happy about that. Which is good. Go prove it, young man. Right? Like, go prove it. Have that chip. That's what this team's about. Like, Matt, those two right there. Those two right there is an A. The Browns could have done nothing else, and I would have given that draft an A because of those two. Cornerback you needed. Check. You needed playmaker at linebacker, but heck, if you can add a chess piece, and we know what Joe Woods, he wants that versatile that versatile chess piece. Grant Delpit could be that. He's coming off the Achilles. Owusu Karamawa seems like he could be that as well. So this is now, too. Like, Matt, I think what we're also looking at, a defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, last year you had excuses. This year, buddy, along as, as long as injuries don't hit, there's no excuses. Uh, you've got the, the, everything in this offseason was to improve that defense and make your life easy. So the heat's on Joe Woods to make this defense pop. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, I, and I'm very high on Joe Woods. I think the world of him. I don't know how he got out as much as he did with the talent or lack thereof that he had last year. So this is really his time Let's see. to show what he can do as a D coordinator. Um, and realistically, because of the success that he helped build in San Francisco and what he was able to do with minimal healthy parts last year amid a pandemic where he had no time to really implement his system until training camp. Uh, If he goes out and leads a top 10 defense, top five defense in sacks or in interceptions, his name's going to be tossed around Mm. as a potential head coaching candidate in the not too distant future. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's, Let's have that problem. Be so good, Joe Woods, that you get head coaching interviews. Let's go. That's fine with me. That means something went really right this year. The third pick that the Browns took, Matt, this is where it started getting interesting to me. I thought, all right, you got the corner. You got the playmaker-linebacker hybrid. 
what was going to be next? Every move this offseason was on defense. Anthony Schwartz, wide receiver, Auburn, third round, nine to first overall. Matt, you t- and this isn't your zippy little, you know, guy who's like, oh, he can run really fast like JoJo Natson. No offense to JoJo, but, you know, he's zippy little guy. Six feet, 182, Anthony Schwartz and Matt. We're not just saying like, oh, he's fast. He can run this. This guy, legitimate Olympic speed. He's won gold and silver medals in amateur track and field world events a 4.25 second 40 yard dash that is blistering but he's not just a, a speed guy he's he also can be physical he's got good hands like he's a this is a football player this isn't just a track star uh, this is a world class track star this is a guy that can flat out fly and, and not only can he fly he's got some moves to him too mm-hmm. he can catch mm-hmm. the ball it's one thing to be super super fast but uh, if you try to throw the ball to Usain Bolt, I don't know that he's going to catch it consistently. Exactly. But a guy who's grown up in the SEC, knows how to use his speed and body positioning to get advantage over a defender, that's a guy that can be dangerous. And that's a guy that can help open up the field. Well, you're playing in Auburn. You're playing against NFL-level defenders or future NFL defenders. Like, you know, you're not, you're not uh, Division Two here. So when we add this, and that's what we were talking about, where the Browns' offense might have been lacking. We know the running game's amazing. The receiver's reliable. But nobody that could really stretch the defense, keep them away from the line of scrimmage. Anthony Schwartz can be that guy that you put him on the outside. You're going to have to put one guy on him. And depending how quick he adapts to the program, you might have to put two. You might have to designate a safety to him and a corner. So what does that mean? Well, opens up a little bit over the middle. Creates less crowding at the line of scrimmage for Chubb and a Hunt. Jarvis, Higgins, like that type. Like we're not expecting this guy to be a third-round pick. We're not expecting him to be necessarily a pro bowler. But all it takes, Matt, is a couple of of big catches, and those defenses are going to have to respect it. And with opening everything else up because of that, that's pretty exciting for this Browns offense. Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, I think it sets them up quite nicely to help open up the field. Um, you cannot put up a, a premium, enough of a premium on speed. And all due respect to some of the guys we have, because they are fast. Mm-hmm. This kid's elite level fast. Yep. And he can move in football pads. It's one thing to be able to run a four, two, whatever. It's another thing to use it functionally on a football mm-hmm. field. And this kid can. Much different, much running routes and everything. Yeah, this isn't, uh, we just want to pound this home. This isn't a uh, uh, just speedy guy who, who it's it's fun. Uh, maybe you can return some kicks too. Who knows? So you got you got Schwartz. Um, that too, Matt, to me says, because of the salary and the commitments that are going to have to come, this is going to be the last year of having both OBJ and Jarvis on the roster. So that's a smart move with Donovan Peoples-Jones last year and now this pick to start to build for the future of this wide receiver core. Because uh, really, we expect, I guess, Odell to be back. But, Matt, it, it's it's really just a guessing game of what to expect out of him, right? Like, it's it's just sort of across your fingers and hope things don't regress. I'm pragmatic about that situation. Um, I'm not overly optimistic that it's going to work out great. Um, and if I were to choose one of the LSU guys to have on my team 
as a, from the wide receiver standpoint, because I like the DBs that sure, we have from sure. LSU. But uh, if I had to choose one of those two, I'm choosing Jarvis all day long and not even blinking at yeah, it. No question. That's a guy that's a warrior for you. He shows up. He makes plays. He's just He does whatever you need to do. And we've seen it consistently. Odell, there's flashes, and you know there's a lot of good skill there, but there's a lot of extra that you have to deal with. There's not a whole lot of extra with Jarvis. And if they come to a decision where they have to choose between one or the other, I hope they keep Jarvis because I think that was the person that brought the kind of mentality that Cleveland needed. Sure did. It was not an accident that he was chosen to represent the newest generation of Browns when they had the 80s Browns, the expansion era Browns, and the current Browns represented on stage with Bernie, Joe Mm -hmm. Thomas, and Jarvis. Nice. It was no accident, and Jarvis is the heart and soul of this team, and I will will damn near fight somebody if they try to argue that point with me. No question. No question about it. Um, So it really depends. They have a possible future guy with Schwartz, what, how Odell Beckham Jr. fits in when he comes back. Um, who knows? That's that's going to be a question for another day, but at least they got that weapon. Now we go to the other picks, Matt. We got Browns had two fourth rounders, of uh, two fifths and a six. We got James Hudson, offensive tackle out of Cincinnati. Big dude. What was he? Six, five and a quarter and change like that is the depth at tackle. That is somebody who, He's not going to start because of this Browns O-line, but they needed depth. They needed size. And I think James Hudson is uh, – th- th- that's that's a terrific fourth-round pickup that you can just sort of groom, let simmer, and and see what happens in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you. You can never have a, enough good offensive linemen, uh, especially at the tackle position. And we saw last year we had to deal with some issues there. So it, it's nice that you have an added option and depth at that position for yeah. sure. We got him, so nice tackle. Um, then, hey, we got a Buckeye, Matt. We got a Buckeye, Tommy Togiai, 132nd overall defensive tackle. Now, you take us through this guy a little bit, Matt, because I admittedly don't know too much about him. He seems like maybe for the NFL level a bit undersized for the tackle. I don't think he's quite 6'2" but he's thick and I know he can stop the run. Is there, what, what can you add? I, I assume sort of a, a part of that rotation on the D line for Cleveland. Yes. He's definitely going to be a rotation guy. Uh, what he brings is just a good solid work ethic at the point of attack. He's a guy that does a great job to clog the middle and he, he may not make a lot of, the splash plays that you you've come to expect out of other defensive linemen uh, at that tackle position in recent years, but he can get in the backfield and make plays and not just on the running back. If you have a quarterback that sits there two, three and four seconds, you better hope that that guard is like an all world guard because if Togia gets in the backfield, he will bring you down. He's a strong kid that can handle himself well at the line of scrimmage in those trenches he had some toughness some physicality and good run stopping ability with the ability to also wreak havoc on a passer if given a good rushing lane that's a nice piece that's a good piece to have then we go to the fifth round tony fields the second linebacker west virginia so again we're getting uh some linebacker depth to add in there that's right sort of in the mo 
uh, more comfortable with the, what, what seems to be the mentality of get those those uh, prospect guys who are uh, smart, can move fast, hit, and then you get a safety, Richard LeCount from Georgia, 169th overall. And again, Matt, at this point, it's about adding guys for depth who you think might have upside, strong special teamers, and uh, and just be able to to cover yourself. Um, like we talked about, hey, safeties and in the secondary, you, you can't can never have too many. No, you can never get enough of those guys. That's for sure. That is absolutely for sure. Those are guys that you need on your roster. Do you have any uh, Tony Fields like linebacker? Like again, I think he's he's a uh, a special teamer to start. And let's see, I don't have any strong feeling one way or another about him. I'll trust Andrew Barry. Do you? Yeah, I'll tip my cap to, to Andrew Barry on that one. Um, I don't foresee him being a starter with the addition that they made in in free agency no. as well. Uh, I think a depth guy, special teams guy, but somebody who's going to probably play an important role at some point this season. Well, and then the last pick, this is intriguing to me. Demetric Felton. He can be running back. He can be a bit of a receiver, a gadget guy, a kick punt returner, small. I think he's like five, eight. That's he sort of lines up to me, Matt, as, um, as what they, looked at Jojo Natson being so I, I would think maybe competition wise, that's maybe where, where he'll be battling for a, a, a roster spot with, uh, with Jojo. Yeah, for sure. Uh, absolutely. For, I absolutely foresee that as being the case. Yeah. And uh, you know, heck you have speed can both be on the roster. I don't know. It's going to be a good competition in camp. And one thing that the Browns have been missing since gosh, at the rabbit since Travis Benjamin Matt has been a legit playmaker at kick returner and punt returner and it's not quite the same because of the rule changes as in years past but that's really sort of been a black hole and you know maybe a Demetric Felton or an Anthony Schwartz can be uh, somebody who can fill that who knows yeah maybe I mean that would be awesome if they are able to fill that role and we'll see ultimately the you're feeling good because you know, you got some good talent and you look and you're like, well, this guy could plug in here, plug in here. But we ultimately don't know how this offseason program is going to play out. Yeah. So we just kind of have to wait and see and hope for the best when training camp opens up in a few months. Oh, boy. Cannot get here soon enough. The schedule release is May 12. And remember, it's 17 games now this year. So May 12, uh, we'll be back to do a talk about the schedule release, maybe do an early schedule game right Mac get some or some early wins or losses we can always change our mind but maybe we'll we'll dip into that a little bit but um yeah for once in my life I actually got it right last year uh yes. I said 11 and 5 you did oh and man so I, I would I would love to do that schedule game again and you did. maybe we'll, we'll get a couple more wins Ooh. in there who knows we, we got an extra game to play with I like it uh Matt final thoughts on the draft from Cleveland again, just so gutted. I couldn't be there, but very cool watching on TV and glad it was uh, by all accounts, a successful weekend for the city and for the Browns boy, baby. Uh, that defense is looking like the real deal, but final thoughts on the draft. Just an, an awesome ex, uh, experience for the city of Cleveland to be able to be featured in prime time and be ready for it. Uh, a lot of people like to dog on Cleveland. But they have nothing. Those credits have nothing to say uh, after this weekend. I think Cleveland put on a hell of a party uh, amidst the global pandemic that is raging on. Uh, and I think 
the Browns did a fantastic job to address the needs and concerns that they had on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and our, our boy Fogg uh, was just lighting up social media when Jeremiah Wusu Karamawa went. He said it was the most excited he's been about a draft pick ever. So Fogg and South Carolina, our boy, is jacked about this Browns defense. Uh, all right. Hey, folks, we're looking good. The draft is done. We'll be back when the schedule is released uh, May 12th, so probably a May 13th show, and uh, we'll go from there. So for Matt Florjancic, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to the Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns on SB Nation's Dogs by Nature.